more than 90 years, St. Cloud State Hockey has had a home in the Granite City. Boasting two Hockey Hall of Famers in Frank Brimsek and the late Herb Brooks, many players and coaches have made their mark on St. Cloud State hockey lore. With former St. Cloud State greats like Mark Parrish and Brett Hedekin, to more recent standouts like Jack Ashan and Jimmy Schultz, two Patty Kazmaier Award finalists and 16 Division I All-Americans have paved the way for current St. Cloud State men's and women's teams to continue the Huskies hockey tradition. This week's guest is one of many who have made their mark on St. Cloud State hockey history as the Huskies Warming House podcast presents this week's Healthy Scratch interview segment. to episode number 51 of the Healthy Scratch interview segment. Joining us for the second time is former HPR and current hockey aficionado, Katie Emmer. Again, Katie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, bud? I am honored to be here. Two times, I feel so special. And uh, you guys are doing a great job with this podcast and you're keeping up uh, all the hockey news. We love to see it and you're staying busy. But yes, I'm so, I'm so happy to be home in Minnesota and we have a lot to talk about. I'm excited to catch up. And again, good to see you guys virtually. Katie, uh, we thank you for joining the show. Uh, again, you are our fifth repeat guest. I texted you last week about coming on the show and you answered me within 30 seconds. So you must have been pretty desperate. Um, but one of the things that I think hockey and Husky hockey fans are desperate to see is the fact that Katie Emmer will be back in the Granite City this week with another repeat guest of ours and Dave Shyak. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about why you're going to be at the Herbrooks National Hockey Center uh, throughout this week? Yeah, uh, again, another thing look, I'm looking forward to. I'm happy to be home in Minnesota and, you know, I visited St. Cloud here and there throughout the summer, but being able to go there and actually head into Herbrooks Center for something to um, actually be occupied with is very much, uh, you know, circled on my calendar for this upcoming week. So yes, I get to sit down with Coach Shyak. I get to learn more about him um, since he is a new face for the Huskies bench. Got to give a shout out to Brian Stanley, a uh, professor and a mentor and a former producer for me at Husky Productions. He gave me the call, said, you want to come up? And of course, without hesitation, just like when you asked me to be on the podcast, without hesitation, uh, you know, I took that opportunity. So looking forward to heading to St. Cloud, it's only a couple hours away from where I am right now. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to get back up to the Granite City. So, so Katie, just a heads up, if you are done filming, I hear that the press is a hot happy hour. It's pretty late. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Can't right, wait. Exactly. Um, I leave Noah on red all the time. So yes. the fact that you answered him in 30 seconds is quite, uh, quite uh, awesome. Uh, let's talk about that. I, I think you do get at least, you know, well, a socially distanced high five. There you okay. go. So <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, but, you know, you're back in Minnesota and Minnesota, you know, it's it's a de facto holiday, but Hockey Day in Minnesota uh, was just this past Saturday. I know you work with a couple of those, uh, not only as a student with uh, Husky Production, but also professionally with Fox Sports. Uh, coming back and again, coming back to the state, uh, how did it feel to be, uh, again, part of the broadcast team for Hockey Day in Minnesota at another time? I know you're saying again, you're saying another time, like all I can think about is how lucky and grateful I, I am and have been just to be a part of it. Uh, yes, third time to be a part of Hockey Day Minnesota. The fact I get to be back home where it all started and be in the state of hockey, you know, we all love this holiday and we know about it uh, so much. And to be with Marty Gellner and Mark Parrish throughout the day, it was a blast. Former Husky Mark Parrish, you got to love it. Um, we love talking some St. Cloud throughout the weekend, but yeah, it was a different, uh, certainly a different looking hockey day, Minnesota. They were re-airing classics, but I thought what was most important is the fact that you continued the tradition. No pandemic can take out hockey day, Minnesota. 
yes, it looked different, but yes, it also was fun. And yes, it was 45 degrees. So I was not complaining about the heat, especially because my last hockey day, you guys, was in Bemidji and it was about 28 below and they were blow torching the glass in the morning. Um, yeah, it could never forget that experience, but it was a, a really fun weekend at the, uh, at the Roseville Oval, John Rose Oval. So yeah, really, really fortunate and happy to have been a part of it. You mentioned uh, Mark Parrish in that mix, and it kind of just seemed like uh, this plethora of Hockey Day Minnesota was almost Huskies Day Minnesota with uh, <laughs> the number of St. Cloud State alums both on the air. And then, of course, you had the St. Cloud State women's game that was aired, the first ever outdoor uh, regular season women's game for the collegiate game. And then you had people in the trucks and behind the scenes that are also St. Cloud State alums that have done great work. I kind of wanted to ask a little bit more about um, what made Hockey Day in Minnesota on the production side so different for you? Uh, you mentioned off air to us that you really didn't feel like you maybe got into that rhythm of a normal hockey day until the Minnesota Wild. Uh, can you kind of fill us in on some of those different nuances as compared to your other hockey days? Yeah, I love that you asked that because sometimes viewers may not know. I mean, we're there, we're there days ahead. I mean, I can't even take credit for the production crew and all the behind the scenes. They have to set everything up, like all these wires, all the cameras, all the stage. I mean, I give them so much credit because even in the temps, even in Bemidji, I think about again, I just mentioned how cold it was there and they get their days ahead to set up. But for us talent, um, I would consider our job easy in comparison to what they have to do. We show up the day of, I mean, it's usually like a, you know, early, early morning, um, you're, you're showing up on site. And I think like looking back, I think we're live at 9am and we go, of course, until the wild uh, kick, kick it off and, and take over the night and finish out hockey day. So this weekend was very much different because now we're going live at 1 p.m. And, you know, we had these classic games. You mentioned the St. Cloud State women's game. That was so fun to, to relive those memories. And that's kind of what's the, been the theme here in the pandemic is taking that time to look back on games since you don't have, um, you know, that opportunity to have live games and have people, you know, uh, people all around in a normal hockey day setting trying to be safe right now. But yeah, it just went way more quick because it started at 1 p.m., uh, you know, had a couple 15-minute segments, and then all of a sudden, you know, leading up to the Wild game, we had two straight hours of production, which was so fun. And, yeah, I mentioned it off air to you guys. It felt more like that hockey day setting because normally in a normal year, you hit the ground running at 9 a.m., and you're running until the Wild game later that night. So, um, yeah, it was, again, a unique opportunity and a unique show, and I was so happy to – visit old friends again. And, you know, one more thing is, no, you mentioned the St. Cloud connection, um, all the St. Cloud alum, but you know, the, the St. Cloud women's game re-airing and got Mark Parrish, got me, but also the many behind the scenes St. Cloud, St. Cloud state uh, alum. They, they are amazing. They're all talented. We got Sam Sharp is one that comes to mind right away. Um, but so many St. Cloud state people that are in the business and behind the scenes. And I'm really proud of all of them, but again, the behind the scenes crew, I mean, man, they're there in the early hours. I, I give them a lot of credit. I did just want to ask Katie real quickly, as you did mention, the lead up to the Minnesota wild game was a little more natural for you. Uh, the end of the wild game was probably natural for you to describe to us too, being around the national hockey league. What have you noticed with this Minnesota wild team currently on Monday uh, winners of six straight, we probably are going to jinx it. They'll probably lose to Vegas tonight just because I said that, but what have you noticed from this Minnesota group having covered the NHL in the last year and a half uh, that maybe is different from groups uh, in years past? 
I mean, you just talked about the ending of that. I mean, that was incredible. Are you kidding me, Matt Dumba? I love that they went to replay. Yeah, they're going to take a closer look, make sure. And they, they took the overhead and it was like, no, this for sure is, I mean, this is over. That was an incredible goal. And I think there's also uh, a magic, I can't remember the exact stat, but a magic with defensemen scoring the game-winning goal mm -hmm. on Hockey Day Minnesota. So he continued that. It was just a great storyline for Minnesota and yeah, I mean, this this question, I'm trying to be unbiased, but here I am, a Minnesotan uh, with my, within my own uh, bearings. But yeah, I think as a natural Minnesotan, other Wild fans, if I maybe could predict what they're thinking, it's okay, I don't want to dive too deep into the team yet because you don't want your heart to get broken again. I get it, people. I don't blame you. I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, but yeah, something I see different, Noah, about this team is they don't they, they're not putting everything out there yet I mean they have their their top guys scoring of course you have Kirill the Thrill looking amazing every single night before we went live we were talking about his edge work an amazing skater truly incredible and I'm looking forward to seeing him down the road for the wild and what he can do but right here right now I mean I even have these numbers in front of me because I was talking with you guys about them Zach Parisi has eight points so I mean you're looking at these guys on the bottom of the list, Parisi and, and even Spurgeon. I know defensemen are heavily re relied upon to get the points up there, but he's also a top scoring guy for the wild in regular years. So you have names at the bottom of the list here that still have a lot more to give. I think if that depth really steps up, including their power play, which has so much work to do, but you still have, you know, some games ahead to do that. I think you're pretty good with um, your chances. Of course, you do have to improve that. You have to keep your wins consistent, your top guys like Kaprizov, Greenway, Eric Sinek uh, contributing. But, you know, I think if they really step all of that up, they have more weapons on deck. And, you know, that's something I see different with this wild team. They're not putting everything out there. You know, they still have more to go. So I think that's exciting for fans to, to really think about and to look at. I think this could be a really good thing. But I mean, as we're speaking tonight, we have a Vegas game coming up and who knows what can happen. Big, uh, Vegas is a great team, Katie, but I want to ask you a fashion question, if you don't mind. Um, I love it. Fashion, I know. Who would have thanked me, the fashion guy? Well, spoiler alert, I'm not. Uh, but don't you think that the jersey and the aesthetics between the reverse retros of the Kings and the old North Stars, I mean, that hockey day, that probably might have been the best looking hockey day on the ice that we've probably seen. What do you think of the reverse retros for either team? I really do like the Wilds, you know, uh, throwback to the North Stars, too. What, what's your thoughts? I thought that the Kings were Mankato state for the whole night. I was so, I was like, this is the Mavericks. I don't know what you guys are talking about. They, no, I can't even go as low to say they looked like, no, cause the Mavericks are doing pretty good. So I can't even say that, but uh, they did look like the Mankato Mavericks to me. Yeah. I thought the reverse retros are of course an awesome ad. Um, I think for me personally, like I love the colors. I love it. I love it. If people make, if it makes people happy, but I think I'm more boring with just like, you know what, if there's a good product on the ice, I am happy. You know, if they look good, the outfits, I love that question. Nick, Cause it is important. It's fun to, um, you know, purchase those jerseys and have them hanging. They, they look sharp. They do look like the, the North star jerseys. So I think that that's why people definitely like, like them, but Hey, if you're winning, I'm happy. If you're winning in the retro Jersey, then wear it and let's go. Yeah, that, no, that number 97 for Kirill Kaprizov sure looks pretty good uh, on everybody's mantle, I would say, getting those reverse retro jerseys. Uh, Katie, I want to transition into something. By the way, uh, the last defenseman to score in overtime on Hockey Day in Minnesota, Nate Prosser, Elk River native, 2014 okay. against Dallas. I was so, say Suter, I think, is also 
pretty proficient on hockey day, but yeah. Can we also mention the fact that the fact that Ryan Suter is still on the power play and does the same zone entry where he skates into the crowd of people and then drops the puck to the guy behind him and just stands there. Every team in the national hockey league knows it's coming. So please take him off the power. Well, play. That's also you can think of in the reverse since we're talking about reverse retro. I mean, maybe sometimes you're thinking that he can't be doing this. Maybe it's that mental, like he thinks that, you know, other, other skaters are like, no, there's no way he's going to do this again. So maybe they're, it's like a mind game. The only argument, the only argument Katie against that was Miko Koivu had the exact same shoot up move every single time. And for for a reason, he was over 50% on that move uh, throughout his career. So I don't know, (laughs) just something, you know, it's just, it's just natural sometimes, right? Yep. You never know. All I I know is exciting to think that that power play, if that improves, it's so low in the league right now. Um, And, you know, there's potential here with this team. And I think it's exciting, but of course you still have to continue to win your games. You got St. Louis, not that far behind you in the Honda West and you still have, you know, the Vegas golden Knights to take care of. It's, it's going to come down to it and uh, come down to the final game, but this 52 game season, you can't mess around. That's one thing for sure. Uh, and you got to stay consistent. So we'll see. I just think Ryan Suter is a little too calm. He doesn't have enough energy like Katie Emmer. And I think that's the biggest problem. Put me um, in coach. I'll be a blue liner. No, I, I am not as good at hockey as Ryan Suter and that it's clear. And everyone knows that. <laughs> Um, so I guess, I guess this is a random question that you maybe just think of if you, um, if you were playing hockey, I mean, what position would you, would you want to play? Would you want to be the star center? Do you want to play wing? Do you want to be taking clap bombs from the point, stopping some pucks? I mean, what's the deal? I I couldn't be a goalie though. I was in net quite a bit in my younger childhood years. Uh, you know, always in net for the brothers, just supporting (laughs) being a good sister. I tried D in high school. Um, I was at a captain's practice once and I just, I can skate backwards and I have some edges, but I'm not that great at like flying backwards. And I feel like that's something that I just wouldn't like to do is just being able to skate so far back. But yeah, I mean, taking clap bombs from the blue line would be amazing. I just, I feel like I'm more of like a, maybe more of like a center if we want to tie in like the energy, right? Like I feel like I have a lot of energy. You know, play that 200 foot game, be everywhere, get uh, dirty in the greasy areas and greasy in the dirty areas. And um, okay, this is getting crazy, but I feel like a forward. Pucks and deep, pucks and deep all day. Uh, yeah. Katie, Katie, what my original question was going to be about five minutes ago, and it is something we didn't get touch on. That's that is a little bit. Um, he does this a lot. It's okay. Little less. <laughs> little less energetic as far as the topic of discussion, but speaking of reverse retro jerseys, another team that did have their uh, reverse retros out was the Philadelphia Flyers in uh, um, Lake Tahoe a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, you aren't able to cover the Philadelphia Flyers uh, anymore with NBC Philly um, and your tenure was done there. Can you kind of take listeners through what that transition period has been like for you? Um, you know, things that you're going to miss from the city of Philadelphia, but things you're also looking forward to throughout that transition. I um, take the floor. I, this moment is yours here. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. It, it was, uh, you know, since we last talked there, there's been a lot of things that have changed and you know what, everything happens for a reason. I am so happy for this full year that I got in Philadelphia and just, I'm so happy if anybody's out there, that's kind of like, do I take that leap? Do I take this job? Do I do this? Do it. I mean, you're, you're so young. Life is so short. You got to just go out and see what you're capable of. And I found out more of myself in Philly than ever as you know, a young adult, a young professional, it challenged me so much. Uh, but it also was my one true love is of course, hockey away from my fiance. Sorry, Ben, but hockey of course is, you know, what I've, I've loved from the start of it all and getting to cover it, getting to breathe, uh, breathe the sport, getting to live it, 
and just all sports in general in Philly. I lived in South Philly and it was um, truly incredible being downtown. It was not, I'll tell you, it was not Minnesota. Driving styles were completely different. Um, but other than that, it, it just finding the best cheese steak. I mean, doing so many fun things. I'm so grateful for it. And uh, I'm happy to have had that experience. It, it was so fun. And, you know, it went quick. It always does. And I wish I had more time there, but here I am looking forward and, and looking at, you know, more of what's to come and hoping it's back in hockey soon. But I feel like I, I get that hockey sense. There's nothing better than to be in the state of hockey um, and, and back home around family. I mean, a lot of people shout out to all of them that have really taken a big hit from the pandemic. There's been so many families and so many unfortunate, you know, situations for people that I am truly fortunate to be back home with family and just be around a, a great support system. And I, I know that others have it worse and I will be okay. And there's, there's much more to come. Um, so yeah, again, happy to be home, looking forward uh, at, you know, everything that lies ahead, but we don't know what that is yet. That's the beauty of life and, and just living the freelance life. And I mean, some little thing on the side, I say little, but it has been a big uh, project and a lot of fun has been covering the Madden championships, working for EA sports. I'm currently sitting in this studio that they set up for me in my house. So um, it's been incredible to see what uh, capabilities come about from technology. I mean, look at you guys doing your podcast, having it virtual. I mean, throughout all of this, this, if there's a positive, it's that there's so many things we learned we can do in this industry. Like never did I think as a sports broadcaster, I'd be working from home. So here we are. And um, yeah, everybody, uh, you know, everybody has something to be happy about. And I, I know I, I know I uh, will be okay uh, in summary. So that's the whole story about all of that. And here we are back in Minnesota. Katie, I'm going to stick with some off camera stuff because you had, a, I would say, a, a personal kind of high point here the last couple of months. Uh, and I want to, if you're comfortable sharing, uh, maybe some some personal news, maybe something yeah. that uh, is on, uh, maybe it was a good surprise. We'll put it to you that way. Yes. No, I, I uh, a non-professional work news. I, you know, I've been dating my wonderful Husky former captain for uh, four years at this point. And yeah, he proposed a, a breakfast table on a January Saturday morning. And here I am also planning a wedding. So looking forward to uh, looking forward to this summer when we'll get married and, um, you know, having again, just that life side of things that really, you know, I'm so happy with, you know, life. I've said, you know, like eight times, but I'm happy with everything uh, life wise. And I, I know the career wise will follow shortly, but yeah, right here, right now. So pumped and definitely was very surprised. And uh, yeah, it'll be really fun and a lot to look forward to. So here I am. Speaking is uh, just just to follow up on that real quick, Katie. Yep. Uh, you know, planning for a wedding. Uh, you you said there was going to be the summer, right? Yeah. Um, now, obviously, the pandemic, at least as far as we know, uh, there has been a change in the numbers, which is really really good. Mm -hmm. um, I guess are you approaching your planning any differently, considering if the pandemic might still be around, or do you guys maybe have a plan A, plan B? I guess how are you approaching that? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I'm thinking of so many couples that have had to rearrange stuff. I mean, shout out to all of you guys that have, you know, you're waiting to get married and you got to just keep adjusting to the higher power that you can't control for us. It's fortunate because my parents' backyard is always open. So um, that'll nice. be exciting. And as far as uh, keeping it small, it's uh, kind of hard to do with big families, but we're, you know, getting down to that and getting down to those details. But as of now, yeah, we're not too worried about um, 
what's going to be open or closed. We're just, we're so excited to get married. I mean, that's, that's just the reality of it all, but if it looks a little different, that's okay. Uh, at the end of the day. So. Katie, kind of a random question and maybe I just don't know cause I'm single as a Pringle, but, um, when you when you mentioned uh, about uh, when the actual proposal happened and, and that magical moment, I on a scale of one to ten, or on a scale of like Katie's envisionment of how you thought the proposal would go versus what it actually was, how how shocking would you put it on that on that frame of mind, if you will? Yeah, I mean, my Ben is not the guy. I don't think that would be on a holiday. I don't see him doing Valentine's Day. So as a a girl, if there's any girls out there in serious relationships, you're kind of predicting like what they're going to do. You're kind of like, okay, um, you know, I could see it happening this way, or I could see it happening this way. It's, and lo and behold, it, it's after he pays the bill at a breakfast table in Wyzetta. <laughs> and it, it always ends up it, it, at the end of it, it always ends up happening better than you could have imagined. So looking back, I'm like, you know what? That was like the best thing ever. I don't need any, uh, you know, even though there's some sweet proposals out there, I'm definitely not putting mine any higher, but it's like everybody's own personal relationship. It's all that matters, you know, whatever way that it happened here, you are you're getting married and yeah, it, it definitely was unexpected, but he, he definitely nailed it. So here we are. Yeah. So I guess while you're kind of uh, in career, I don't want to say career limbo, but I don't really know how else to call it. You're, you're waiting for your next gig and your next opportunity. And uh, from us personally, the fact that you haven't gotten a gig uh, permanently yet is kind of a travesty because you are uh, so, so talented. But I, I kind of want to ask, uh, you mentioned the Madden tournament. What else have you been doing, not only professionally, but just kind of in your downtime to kind of just keep yourself busy uh, around the state of Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, I love that you asked that because it's so important to just take it, like take advantage of this free time in sports. We don't always have that. Right. So I do envision things getting back to normal soon. Thank you so much for the kind words. I just, I want to be happy and keep myself busy either at an arena or anywhere else, whatever it's going to um, lead to. We'll see, but yeah, just really taking advantage of this free time that I have now and watching hockey and, and learning new things and um, yeah, planning a wedding too takes up a lot of time, but I just think it's really fun too, to just really uh, take advantage of being around family and just take any opportunity to, I mean, I'm actually here. I am tying in like a lesson, not really a lesson, but like if a student calls me and wants to ask about like how I got to where I am, I always bring up just taking any opportunity. Like, I don't care if it's behind the scenes. I don't care if you're editing a graphic for some, show for Buffalo Wild Wings or, or anything else. It's all so worth it. So I, I feel like I'm back at that point to just be like, whatever I can do to, um, you know, expand my horizons and take any challenge. And again, that ties into Madden. Would never have expected I'm covering Madden. And it was such a uh, blessing uh, to just come about because that industry is booming. And for me, I love being around it. It is so fun to see and just really um, so fun to learn and to just grow, uh, as a young professional, we always want to, you know, do, do our best. And yeah, if I could tie in a lesson, it's really taking advantage of that time and just never saying no to an opportunity or never saying no to coffee. It's always good to meet people, even if it has to be virtually now, but it's always Re good to do. Really quickly, Katie, could you explain a little bit more about the Madden event, just so our listeners kind of understand what exactly your role was and what you were actually covering? Yeah. So pre and post game hosts for the most part, um, the Madden games, we got done with one tournament, the Madden club championships, and it, it started back, I believe November or late September. And it just got done a, a few weeks ago. Um, and it, it led up to the final championship, which was featured on ESPN. It was a blast to do. And 
like I said, the, the capabilities of technology have been so amazing. Um, but I do have one cord that's going to an internet router. And all I was thinking about was this one cord, the dog tripping on it, something going wrong. It didn't happen. It went all well. Um, but yeah, just pre and post game for that. We open up the show. I have some analysts on the East coast. I have an analyst in Arizona. Like everybody's all over the place. My producers are in California. Um, and we're all just communicating with each other. Like it's pure TV magic and yeah, doing the halftime, anything like that. Just it's, it's, if anyone hasn't played Madden, it's kind of your, uh, typical football game, especially of course, virtual, but it, it goes a little bit faster. I'd say games were roughly like 40 minutes. We had four games a night leading up to the championship and just going through each division was so fun. And, um, the Vikings didn't make it. But he made Typical. it far, which is good. Real, that's realistic. Um, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, just all those different teams and, and really, like I said, just learning more about an industry that I really haven't gotten to see a lot in my young career and expanding my horizons. So it's been really fun to be a part of and still utilizing my tools as a, as a host per se and um, learning new things about technology because all the people, like I said, are spread out everywhere. All of my very talented behind the scenes workers and people are like, okay, uh, can you move this? And then can you uh, turn this on and rearrange this? And I've been, I was like, Derek Silvestri would be so proud of me right now. I have literally set up so many lights. I did the three point lighting. I set up a green screen at one point. Um, and for those of you uh, listeners that are like Derek Silvestri, um, that was a professor at St. Cloud, shout out Derek, shout out Husky Productions. But yeah, that's also been so fun within itself. I'm like, wow, I could like set up a full on TV studio now. Um, I, I won't go that far. I'm not amazing at it, but I have learned a couple new things. Katie, uh, out of curiosity, we'll, we'll stick with the EA Sports thing. Um, are you a video gamer by chance? That's been like the the million dollar question. I feel like um, I have to answer the question, not yet, but I very much feel like I could. And it's one of those things like Kirill Kapriza, when we talked about his skating before we started recording, it makes it easy, look easier than it looks right? Look, he makes it look easier than it is. And I feel like it's that way with Madden. They make it look easier than it is. So I feel like I have learned a bit and I'm like, oh, you can do that. Like, this is the new patch. Look at this update. Like, oh, you can now do this. And then I'll probably get a controller and be, not have any clue, but haven't played yet. Played Chell growing up. I think like NHL 12. Um, I remember going to GameStop and getting like the discounted one just so I could like play it. And my biggest move was just like laying on the ice to block a shot, like just, just like <laughs> laying on the ice. And uh, that's about it. So no, ma no Mario Kart, Mario Kart. I'll give Mario Kart a, a, a shout out on a Nintendo 64, but haven't, yeah, haven't dumped it, uh, dove into the switch or dove into the PS3 or anything like that. I so. love it. My, uh, my first uh, video game was actually when I went to my daycare as a kid, NHL 94 on the Nintendo was actually there. So that's where. Isn't that awesome? That's where um, I knew. Yeah, I think, I think the most, like, one of the most fun parts about um, Philly too, like another cherry on top was Bill Clement getting to work with him, getting to meet him because he's one of the voices. So um, he talks a lot about EA Sports and this huge packet he was given to record all these one-liners and how much time it all took and um yeah, my fiance's little nephew was playing one night and I heard Bill Clement and I'm like, yes, it's so cool. Like it really is cool to have those vintage, we could say now, right? Vintage 97, um, yeah, NHL video games. But the, the years he did it exactly escaped me, but I, he definitely was on him for a few years. 
Yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think there was a package from uh, um, Ray Ferraro, who is the ice side guy in, yeah. in the current edition. Um, he mentioned it's somewhere around like 40 or 45,000 lines that they have to go through that, yeah. uh, you know, potentially have a point at, you know, some They probably have to redo a few, like a lot, not a few, a, several of them uh, is what Bill told me as well. So I would imagine, yeah. It kind of feels kind of feels like our show. I feel like we redo things more than actually doing the actual show. But uh, speaking of a team that, <laughs> speaking of a team that actually maybe needs a little bit of a redo coming up this weekend in their final game of the regular season, Katie, uh, have you gotten a chance to check out uh, the men's hockey team a little bit and keeping tabs on what they're up to? They have the potential if they get a win this upcoming week. But uh, this men's hockey team, have you gotten a chance to check them out at all? Do you, do you know um, kind of where they're sitting? And do you believe that maybe this is the year that they can make an impact in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, you know, I'm always keeping tabs from afar, though I'm not diving into the X's and O's as much. But um, certainly from afar, I mean, I feel like in years past, especially like 2018, 2019, it's like they're top in the – national rankings like they're always up there and then they seem to trickle down when playoffs come right now I'm, i pulled it up again because number eight uh of course in the standings and um i think they have good goaltending they have some good of course leadership with an easton brodzinski i mean that's a guy i feel like that's going to go really far in the nhl uh, a player i was lucky to cover when i was there and knew he would do a lot for the program and so many other names um, so looking from afar, just from that, I, I feel like there is that potential. I feel like they could sneak up and, and do something here, uh, closing out the season. But seriously, like if I could go back as a, even a college student, but also like an athlete as a hockey player, this is a crazy year to fight through. Like all these players, the entire NCHC, the entire NCAA, I mean, this is a lot to have to deal with as a you know college student. And, and of course, they're athletes. They can do it. They can get through it. But I feel like that also has to be, um, you know, shouted out that effort that's there for everything they have to go through to be, to be able to even play these games, but we will see. I have high hopes. Um, always rooting on the Huskies and you never know, you never know they can sneak up, but I feel like this is better than having them fight so hard and be so good throughout the regular season. No, I mean, this could be a little bit better. Yeah, we've talked about that, how that adversity might make a difference. Uh, one of the caveats to this, and I'm glad you mentioned kind of the season that's in flux, if you will. Um, these St. Cloud State seniors, uh, technically their eligibility rules do not count this year. So uh, if you're a St. Cloud State senior, um, Katie, as a player, just in your own personal accord, would you stay with this Huskies team for a fifth year uh, and play another year of college hockey? Or are you kind of like, I want to get to the professional world. I want to, um, I guess... Probably a better question is, Katie, if you could go back to college for a little bit, would you do it? Um, I think that really it, it depends on each person because I think about as a broadcaster, I was so excited to get out um, and, and just see what the big professional world had. But extra college is always a, a great option. And I feel like if I could somehow imagine a uh, Division One <laughs> men's hockey player at St. Cloud State, knowing the competitive nature of these guys, like I wouldn't be surprised if you see all of them coming back. I mean, if you have that eligibility and Hey, why not look into other things for classes and see if you can, maybe, I don't know if you can get a minor in one year. You can, right. It's possible. Yeah. Or, or, just, or just start becoming a broadcast major to start a whole right. new major. You can always right? do that. Husky productions. They'll be booming. But thinking about the competitive nature of these guys, I would not be surprised to see them returning. And I feel like, you know, going back to what I said about it's a lot to fight through in a, a difficult year. This is such a, you know, cherry on top for a senior right now. You have that option. Like how sort of, if I can 
phrase it lucky, but then again, you know, it's still tough, but it, it is kind of lucky for you. You have that option to be able to go back. I wouldn't be surprised if we see those guys returning, but we'll see. Uh, I guess to, to kind of build off that a little bit, you know, for, uh, for these guys fifth, you know, eligibility and have you whatnot, but don't you feel Katie that, you know, just as we all, you know, face tough decisions, you know, whether it's for our good or maybe our interest in our wants or needs, I, I guess, what, what do you think could go into a decision like that? Uh, I, I know that, you know, probably you're going through some of the motions, maybe have, you know, some offers coming at you here and there, I guess, you know, if you are in that position, what some of the things you're considering as far as what makes you stay, what makes you go? I mean, that's, it's not an easy decision. I love this because I stopped playing hockey in fourth grade and I always wanted to play again. So now I can like envision myself as like a college player um, to answer that question. But it's, it's very hard for me to envision that. And, and you know what those thoughts, it's a great point that you bring up because it definitely is not just an easy decision. Like, Oh, I'm coming back. Um, even Jimmy Schultz, a name out there, somebody that didn't have obviously a, an extra year like this pandemic presented, but I still remember those scouts, like everybody's always coming to his games and even his junior year, like they were saying, please come. Um, he and other players have had that too, but throughout the league, especially, but um, the NCHC, I just think that some players just love their team. And, and if they're a strong leader with the team and they have a chance to continue to be that strong leader and really take advantage of another year playing the sport they love, because there's uncertainty in the professional hockey uh, world. You never know what you're going to end up at. I think like if I was in that position, I'd evaluate how much playing time I'm going to get. Like, yes, it's the pros. It's way different than college hockey, but having the experience and the camaraderie that you've already had for the last four years and you can consider, okay, am I going to play uh, in the AHL? I'm going to play in the East coast, or am I going to get to the show right away? I think you evaluate how successful you would be on that next step, or if it needs some more time, because even if you're going to look at that and you're going to look ahead, those players that specific, I think all of them, you would want to play professional hockey. That whole world is also mixed up. You have a lot of teams, guys on taxi squads. You have some teams not playing a full season. I mean, all the teams, but the HL, different teams. It's just such a, it's such a um, mixed up sort of environment right now that I feel that it would be maybe wise to look at what your chances are to be playing, but who knows? It's definitely their future, not mine. Uh, it would be a very difficult decision for some, I think, but others, um, it might be an easy, an easy say. So we'll see. Do you think that the culture um, that St. Cloud's men's program has built, you know, plays a big part in that too. And I, I say that only because, you know, we, we've talked to a lot of these guys here on the show and, and they, they rave about the culture and just how close this team, you know, these teams are and granted, you know, your, your future is one thing, but you know, it's the people, as you mentioned, you know, you're back home and with family uh, it's the people that you surround yourself with that, you know, that can help you celebrate those moments and, and to be there when those moments maybe aren't quite so high, uh, I, I guess, do, do you, for this program, I mean, for, for this team, and, and I guess even going back to a guy specifically, Kevin Fitzgerald, I yeah. guess he's not a high skill guy per se, uh, but, you know, for a guy like him, you know, to, to I don't even know where the hell I'm going with this, honestly. <laughs> uh, um, how tough is it to leave your brother in after fighting the trenches for four years? I mean, I guess that's got to be yeah. very hard as well. Yeah, there's no chance senior night is an easy night for these guys to be like, okay, this is it. Like I'm officially, it's one, you're growing up Two, you're done. Like in a way with that chapter of life, like every closing, um, yeah, every closing I'll use chapter again is never like an easy thing to get through. And, and for some it's, you know, on to the next, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later. Like, here we go. And yeah, for guys, Kevin Fitzgerald, another great, incredible guy that you just brought up 
again, it was so fun to cover him in his first year at St. Cloud. Uh, but just seeing what he's been able to do, I've heard so many things that he's continued to do off the ice for this team that um, if you yeah, have those core guys with you uh, for another year, I think that'd be great. Um, but we'll see. It's a great point to, to bring up, you know, specific players like that. But I think when you talk about the strong camaraderie, a lot of credit also goes to just what Brett Larson's been able to do. I also think of Nick Oliver. I have to give him a shout out because a great a captain for the Huskies that also just instills a lot of values. I think they did a great uh, deal bringing him on to the bench and um, really helping this team and getting through. So we'll see. They, they definitely have a lot of growth, but I think they have a lot of um, uh, future endeavors. I'll use, I also don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, a lot of exciting things um, lying ahead as always. It's always, uh, you know, it's very exciting to see what the Huskies uh, have and will do. And um, that off the ice camaraderie is the most important thing for you. So there'll be a lot to consider with who's going to come back next year. Well, we do know where we are going here, Katie, and we know that we thank you for taking the time. We only have a couple more questions uh, for you, and thank you for joining us. Uh, and I have two questions left. And my first one, as, you, as you're waiting, uh, you're closing that chapter, one chapter of your life in terms of your professional career and opening another. Um, I know you're going to stay as a broadcaster. You're going to do great and phenomenal. But if you could go back in time and someone said, Katie, you can't be a broadcaster. You have to be something else what would be another career or like a set of careers that you always thought would be kind of intriguing for you to do if you weren't ever a broadcaster? A spin instructor or a police officer. And you what can ask any of my friends, but like, I feel that as a spin instructor, I have what it takes. Like one and two and three and four, five, six. Like I feel yeah. like I'm good. <laughs> and then a police officer because I just, that, okay, first off, I have to give them so much credit for what they go through because I think about all the the fun, or I don't know if it ever is fun, but I think there's some things to enjoy about being a police officer and helping people and saving people and protecting people. But um, the car accidents and, and everything they have to go through, I feel like I wouldn't be the best at, but I still just, I think I just idolize police officers and um, yeah, what, what they do. And I don't know, I just, I thought it would always be cool. Like think about a high speed chase. That's not something I would encourage, but it would be cool to protect people. So those two, I, I don't I, know what order. I think the spin instructor would come first because I feel like I really have a calling for that. I, I think it'd be kind of cool if you kind of did both where it's like you could be that energetic spin instructor, but kind of like flip that police officer switch where if someone's kind of slacking in that spin class, it's like, hey, I'll write you a ticket if you're not, you know. I would be the nicest, I feel like, police officer ever. I would not like to yell at people. Um, I don't know how that would work with my personality, but I think I, again, I just <laughs> idolize how they help people and I think it'd be cool. I was going to say, uh, let us know if you ever become that nice police officer and let us know what road you're on so we can speed past you and not get tickets. Um, the, the other question I do have, and maybe you don't have a definitive answer for this, um, and this is my last question of the day. As this new chapter of your life unfolds, and you kind of alluded that you're not quite sure you know, where you are going to end up, um, is it appropriate for me to ask, do you have some things in the works or you know, have you been in talks, uh, you know, with certain people about kind of what your next step potentially might look like? Have you put your feelers out or are you kind of just giving it a little bit of time before you think about the next step? I'm giving it a little bit of time, uh, certainly evaluating and just waiting. Uh, baseball just started up. We'll see. Like, I, I don't know. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just being patient because in the TV world, I feel like it's even in any world, any world of broadcast or any job things, when they show up, they're there. Mm -hmm. 
Like the opportunity opens and, and you just got to be right and, place, right time. And take that opportunity according to Katie Emmer. Yes. And do it. Yeah. It depends what it is, but I'm t- like, when I said that it's, it's that freelance work. I mean, I'll help behind the scenes at Fox NFL games and fortunate to be able to do that. But um, you know, things that aren't exactly up the alley that I would plan on them being in this time, take it, like, just do, do what you can to um, stay busy and help others. And, even colleagues um, here in Minnesota, it's been fun to, that's another reason being back and helping uh, old professors per se, Brian Stanley and uh, old producers as well. And um, yeah, just being patient and I'll continue to be uh, positive and, and look forward towards the future. But as of now, I don't have too many answers on that front. You guys, maybe you'll just have to have me on in another six months and then I'll have more answers then. <laughs> and I'll also be married, I think, yeah. You think that's a, you know I guess until uh, you no, know no I say I think because I'm like <laughs> I'm in denial that it's that like planning wise I'm like oh boy it is like five months out so yes well, I will be married in six months and have me back my dad, have- my, my dad always just says it's not efficient you know you can still run away until he says you may kiss the bride <laughs> then then you're kind of locked I have in. no plans of running away <laughs> again uh-huh. we'll just have to have a life and career update with all of us and see what you guys are doing as well um, six months that's changes a lot you never know what you can do in that amount of time here we are talking six months later ish right about six months yeah fair oh. enough i think it, it felt like i think it, it was like around july or something like that july or august uh, yeah so it might have even been even longer because uh um, we were talking about oscar lindblom and his recovery right. uh the last time too well katie you know the, the other thing too is uh we do have uh ben holding on hiatus for the time being if you really wanted to bring yourself down to like the lower trenches we always can use a co-host if you ever want to step in and talk some Huskies hockey. But uh, I know that um, we don't pay very well. In fact, we probably pay money just to do this thing. So uh, it's not about money. It's about good, clean fun. Right. I don't know. I don't know about if our fun is clean, but uh, it's there, I would say. <laughs> uh, all I know is Nick's twig isn't clean. It's definitely had a couple um, shots taken, which is good. I think I like that more. It's more of like I, a. I've seen Nick hand. I've seen Nick's hands. That's definitely. Uh, him not stick handling on his own someone else probably did that for he probably put a puck on there and just just right but i'm kidding you take some howitzers with that puppy don't lie to us Uh, you you, well you should ask noah about the tip go ahead you should you should ask you should ask nick maxson about how that tipped happened where noah grant won the face off to himself controlled the puck the entire way picked his head up and found his teammate where is this play happening this play happened actually um, this play happened actually at uh, St. Cloud State. Uh, what, what was it? Rec? Rec hockey? What do you call it? It's intramurals is what it is. It, it was intramural hockey, you goof. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Nick, li- Nick lined up on the wing. We were on we were on the right-hand face-off dot. If you're looking towards the net, goaltender's glove side. I won the face-off to myself. I'm left-handed, stepped up top, looked up. Nick, I'll give you credit. You set a beautiful screen in front, good body position, good positioning for a tip, shot the puck on the ice, went bar down skis, water bottle was off the net it was really pretty uh i don't know nick i think wow. we make a we make a good team but like we have to like each other to make a good team so i don't know katie you might need to come in just to kind of like keep us separated i don't know <laughs> throw some elbows throw some elbows a little jordy bennington action a little jordan bennington yeah yeah no right uh with that i think yeah. uh you know <laughs> noah that concludes our healthy scratch interview before we go completely off the rails uh katie again thanks again for joining us once again uh congratulations on your engagement uh again you know enjoy the free time 
you know, yeah. as you mentioned yeah. before, you don't get a you don't get a whole lot of it, and I, I'm sure it's good to be back here in the great state of Minnesota where it's warming up finally, which is good. Yes, uh, we were below we, we were below we were below zero there for a little bit. Great skating weather, but uh, even then it was a little bit too cold for that. Yeah, uh, yeah nope. it was not good. I myself am crazy. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, again, Katie, have a great night. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll hope to have you back on in, let's say, another six months. I hope so. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Always good to catch up. Thanks, Thanks Katie. Katie. Have a good one. If you're looking for more Huskies Warming House podcast content, there's a place for that. Visit us at huskieswarminghousepodcast.com and follow our Twitter page, at Warming House Den, for the latest news, notes, updates, prizes, and more. Don't forget you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, and more. We also are on Google Podcasts and would love to hear your feedback on the show. Drop us a line at huskieswarminghousepodcast at outlook.com or leave us feedback in the feedback section of the Huskies Warming House Podcast website. And finally, if you know any Huskies hockey alumni who would love to be on the show, let us know and we just might make it happen.